Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Illinois Final Illini basketball season is now officially over after their battle with the Houston Cougars in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Illinois comes up with the loss, 68-253. It is done. It's over. The run's done. Uh, Did not play well today. Lots of turnovers and lots of rebounds given up. Uh, we are going to discuss all of that today with this Illini post-game versus Houston show on March 20th, 2022. We're going to discuss all of that here on the Coach Steve Show podcast. Yes, the Illini season is over. Now, before we talk about that, let's talk about basketball. The game of basketball is actually quite simple. Passing, rebounding, shooting, and boxing out. Those are the keys that you have to use to win. Now, there's other things that trickle into that. Energy, you know, effort, those type of things that sometimes you can get out of kids when coaching And sometimes you can't. It falls on the player. If you don't pass the ball well, 
You don't take care of the rock. You don't rebound. You don't shoot the ball with your feet set, good loft, good form. Bad things will happen. That is the type of stuff that happened today with Illinois versus Houston. The Illinois season is over. We're going to discuss what happened. Houston is a good team. They made a deep run before, and they're poised to do it again. Houston is one of the best rebounding teams in all of NCAA men's basketball. So coming in, Illinois knew they would have to box out, they would have to not turn the ball over, and they would have to hit more shots than they did against Chattanooga. Illinois scored better today than they did against Chattanooga. The defense actually played well up until the second half when we decided to allow drive-ins and floaters, but we also just continued to not rebound. That's one of Illinois' problems this year has been rebounding, has been giving up runs, and as of late, turning the ball over. Those type of things cannot happen in the NCAA tournament. Now, Illinois is walking away this year as the regular season Big Ten champ shared with Wisconsin, but it will still go down as Illinois is a Big Ten champion. Last year with this squad, minus Io and a couple others, they won the regular or they won the Big Ten tournament title. They have all Americans, they have all first team Big Ten, they have defensive players. But those don't matter unless you play in the tournament. Illinois had good moments in the first half, good moments in the second half, and then we kind of just fell apart. We played good defense, then we decided not to, to try to focus all the energy on offense, and when that happens, especially in a tournament, it doesn't work. In some tournaments like NBA basketball, where you, know, you get to the playoffs, defense is what matters. Believe it or not, NBA players can play defense, but when it comes to the playoffs, they don't really do it during the regular season. They'll do it in the playoffs. There are certain things on offense that don't work in the NBA playoffs. Same thing with NCAA. Once you get into the postseason, we know that defense and defensive rebounding will lead to a victory. It will lead to you scoring on offense. It will lead to the other team getting frustrated. That is what Houston did to Illinois today. Houston knows that better than anybody. They know if they get offensive rebounds, they have a better chance to score. They know that if they force a steal, they have a better shot of coming down and scoring. When you steal the ball, your percentages go up. When you turn the ball over, your percentage goes down and to win. When you don't rebound, the percentage goes down. That is what Illinois did. Illinois just did not rebound well. We inconsistently gave it to Kofi. Uh, we would not move on offense. It's the same story, different day thing with Illinois. And that's where it becomes a frustration with being an Illinois fan at times where the opportunities we have to be good and be great. Then we don't do the things that we're capable of. But that is sports in a nutshell. These are college athletes. Some, yes, are in their 20s, 21, 22. But they still have to – they still have young player mentalities. This is not the NBA where they're pros. But I will say, to start this off right now, 
before we really, really talk about what happened in this game. But it's not, I mean, I just talked about it, we're going to talk about more. One thing with Illinois fans that drives me up a wall. What gives us Illinois fans the right to sit here and talk about Brad Underwood and about how when it all comes down, it's all his fault or horrible coaching is what has led this in. I'm not saying Brad Underwood's not going to sit there and say it's his fault. I'm not going to sit here and say that a coach shouldn't take the blame because obviously I do it all the time. You can ask any coach I've worked for after a game, I will walk in and I will sit down and I will put my head, if we lose, my head is going on one hand like this. If you're watching the video, which hopefully the YouTube video will be up in a week, I got some type of strike and I can't upload for a week. Me and YouTube are going to fight. I have appealed it. We're going to be in a fight like this. And I go, what can I do? And I take all the blame on me. If you don't believe me, you can call my head high school football coach. He will tell you that is one of Steve's quote-unquote best traits, but also one of his worst faults is to take, he takes too much blame. Brad Underwood will sit up there and take the blame. But coming going back to last year where all I saw, Illinois should fire Brad Underwood. Illinois this year should fire Brad Underwood because we lost in the round of 32 in the second round. What gives us Illinois fans to write to talk about any coach being fired unless there is a scandal? Brad Underwood is trying to churn this program around. And I am sorry if I'm going to hurt people's feelings. I don't care. And we'll talk about hurt feelings here in a second of how Brad was rotating in the second half and the first half. Because some of these points that get brought up are from people that, yes, they played and they understand, but some that maybe didn't play or never coached and don't understand. So here is what we're going to talk about. Illinois basketball has not been in a good place. Yes, we win games at times, but they're inconsistent. We've had good players come through throughout the years, but we did not do what Brad Underwood has been able to get this team to do. What gives us the right? If we were a team for the past six to eight years, not getting into getting into this other tournament and not getting out of the first round, there is a conversation to be had about replacing him. I would get that. This We had a good run right before COVID, poised to go into the NCAA tournament. I feel like if COVID never happened and we got into the NCAA tournament, this year we probably would have gotten to the Elite Eight or Final Four because we would have had experience from that moment. We would have had our season last year and then going into this year, have more experience. Brad Underwood is trying to change a culture. There is a video out there that people need to watch. He says, you don't know how to win yet. Illinois has forgotten what it's like to win, and he wants to get it there. Brad Underwood is also learning, and I'm sorry to say, unless like a Mike Krzyzewski retires, but then the next year wants to go back and he doesn't want to coach at Duke and go somewhere else, maybe his timeline is not as long. The leash is not as long because he is a multinational champion multi-conference champion. Brad Underwood has had a good assistant coaching career and a decent head coaching career before coming to Illinois. He is also learning 
this stuff into the NCAA tournament. That's why I feel most, and I could be wrong, but just from an outside perspective looking in, that college basketball coaches get a little longer time than football coaches. Why? Probably because more money into football. Um, Probably because football is a little bit different than basketball. You do expect the players on the field in football to execute. But as a coach, you really control a lot about what happens in play calls. Now quarterbacks will check out and all that. In basketball, you do call plays, but there's things built off of that. There's times that the players have to do basketball athletic stuff, basketball IQ stuff, and see. He will take the blame. I am not putting all of this blame onto the players at all, and that's what it sounds like. But hey, I'm not. Brad Underwood's going to take the blame. But there are times where their responsibility has to come on. The Brad didn't make that pass. They coached it in practice, but they got to do it on the court. I'm not saying that it's all Brad Underwood's fault. I'm not saying it's all the players' fault. But the notion that Brad has to take all the blame, the notion already that we need to let him go, is asinine. Asinine. Brad Underwood was a head coach in 2013 at Stephen F. Austin. Okay. They went 32 and 3. Next year there they went 29 and 5. Next year they went 28 and 6. Then he went to Oklahoma State and went 20 and 13. But Illinois has been in a bad spot in basketball before Brad gets there. Now, he shows up. We've not been good. He shows up, we go 14 and 8. Not bad. 12 and 21. And then we get into the COVID year. 21 and 10, 24 and 7, 23 and 9, probably 20. Yeah, updated. Yeah, probably 23 and 10. Those are still good years. Got ranked number 21 in the nation. Then we got number two last year. Now, the highest this year, I believe, was 10. But last year, we're a conference tournament champion, and we make the NCAA tournament. This year, we're a regular season Big Ten champion, and we make it to the NCAA tournament again. We get to the second round. At Illinois, he is 94 and 65, maybe 94 and 66. That's still good numbers, okay? It depends on what a head coach is taking over. Is he taking over a, you know, well, I talk about culture like a house. You lay the foundation, you build the walls, and do everything else. Was he taking over a well-built, and each coach adds on to it. Was he taking over a fully well-built wing of the, the house of the culture, or was he taking over one that had broken windows, Maybe no air conditioning and heat. Maybe there's no rugs. Maybe there's not even a front door. He had to establish this. He had to recruit guys to buy into what he was doing. So this notion that maybe Brett Underwood needs to go or this notion that it's all him and his fault, I get it. It's the head coach. But what what do you think is going to happen if for some reason we got rid of him? Now, if he leaves on his own accord, I will thank him for everything he's done. His name's been swirled around for Kansas State. I personally think he likes Illinois. But at the same time, is he really going to leave for that? I don't know. 
but we will thank him for what he's done to Illinois. He's put us back to where people are now talking about it. We are turning a corner. Now, for the next five years, if this is a repeating thing where we get these All-Americans and we're doing this and we're just not getting there, then we can start really having this conversation. Can really, really start having a conversation about, is he going to get it done? I will be fully on board to have that conversation. But for some of us who think that just because we're starting to win, that gives us the right as Illinois fans. Now, we can post things on social media because we have a good team. We, I fully support people that post things on social media because we do have a good team to back it up. But what doesn't give us the right yet to talk about getting a new head coach already. So we're, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of it. Okay? Just so tired. Okay? Now, remember, we had Bruce Weber. We're going to look back at the seasons. We Illinois has a history of being good in basketball. But we've had a rough go. You know, Bruce Weber comes in after Bill Self. Bill Self leaves. Bruce, uh, Bruce Weber comes in and takes over in 2003-2004 season. And that year, you know, we went 26-7. and seven. And then we got the magical 2004-2005 year. We go 37-2 and two and we lose the national title. And then we come in and we go 26-7. and seven. Then we go 23-12. and 12, 16 and 9, 24 and 10, 21 and 15, 20 and 14, 17 and 15, and Bruce Underwood's last year. So you see the digression here. Um, now, under Bruce Weber, he made into the um, NCAA tournament his first year, second year, third year, and fourth year. His fourth year, we lost in the first round. Then we get to the 2008 2009, 24 and 10 season. We lose the first round. Then we don't make it the next year. And then second to last year for him, we get lose the first round. Or, or we get into the NIT, I believe. But we're not... Yeah, there's a... Di- there, we're going backwards. Then Bruce Weber is let go. And we get John Gross. He goes 23-13 and 13 his first year. 20-15 next year. 19-14. 15-19. And then... Uh, then we go 2015 with John Gross going 18 and 4 before we can let go, and Jamal Walker took over. So you see how there was years there where there was nothing. Since 2004 season, I'll go even say it's 2005 2006 season, the following year after that national title, we still had some players from that team. So we're going backwards. And records are one thing, but you see how they're playing, you see how, you know, everything's going. The NCAA stuff here on this thing is just blank, 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 blank for years. For years. Not even NIT bid. From 2013 until 2020, 2021 season, we had no NIT. We had no NCAA tournament. Many years. And we had not won the big had not won the Big Ten since the 2004-2005 season. So this has been a longer talk than I meant for it to be. But we do not have the right to talk about getting rid of Ben Underwood. Before we go into the game versus Houston, because it's going to be the same song, different dance. Or same dance, different song, all that stuff. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Media Network. They're changing their name. If you go to bellyupsports.com, 
You will get the Belly Media Network. There's plenty of podcasts and blogs and, and stuff out there for everybody. So go to bellupsports.com. It's the Belly Media Network. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Zone Football. And it's back to the basics, books, and drills. Um, all the football coaches, we're looking to get back to the basics. We're looking to get simple. Uh, you know, spring ball is coming up. Summer ball is coming up. The season's coming up. Um, we need drills. You always need drills. Now, you don't need a whole bunch of them, but you need simple drills. And if you need different ideas, Coach Stone, that's why he has all this. So you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and click on the Back to the Basics drill manuals. You can get everything you need there. His very first book is over 500 pages of drills, and then you get different ones from offense, defense, special teams. Uh, you will never have to look up another drill again. I promise you. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. Um, and football coaches, if I still have your ear, you know, again, like I said, we're coming up on spring season. We're coming up on summer. We're coming up on the regular season. Your linemen hit every single play. That's why it's the best position in football. But that's a lot of hits. That's a lot of contact. And that's a lot of blows, you know, with the helmet scuffing it up even. Well, I have a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows those guys take each and every week. And it's guardian caps. It's going to reduce the impact by up to 33%, which is huge. You know, football is way safer than it used to be. Way safer. We don't just rub dirt on it. We don't just pour water over our heads. It's way safer. The technology's up. um, The gear is up. So we got to protect those shells because they're they're doing things in practice every day. Healyourguardiansports.com slash guardian-caps and use the code 15OFF. It'll save you 15% off your order. I'm here to save you money. Um, it's worn by over five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Penn State. Uh, again, guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps. Use the code 15OFF to save 50% off your order. Thank you, Guardian Caps, for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, so Illinois is now done. Their season's over. <sighs> One theme for Illinois is rebounding. Rebounding is the thing that really stuck out to me. I feel like they had some high energy at times. I feel that, you know, they tried hard. You know, that that kind of can't be denied. Rebounding is what really stuck out. Big time. We're going to talk about the stats. So rebounding. Houston had 15 offensive rebounds. They had 39 rebounds total. We only had 33. They had 24 defensive rebounds. We had 11 offensive and 22 defensive, but they had 15 offensive rebounds. Rebounding is times that really hurt is Illinois' Achilles. They just out-rebounded us. When that ball went up, they went after it. And in Illinois would be caught just staring up in the lights. I tell the high school kids, when that happens, they're just staring up in the lights like, ooh, that's pretty, like they have... You know, there's a shiny object, and they're going to look up and and stare at it. Rebounding killed us. When you give up 15 offensive rebounds, that is 15 extra possessions for them to score. So we did not want to box out on defense. We wanted to hopefully hope that it would fall into Kofi's hands, it would fall into the big guy's hands. And there was some of those rebounds where guys are flying in from the three-point line, so our guards out by the three in the perimeter are not getting their back and their butt onto the guy and getting them out of there. That really hurt Illinois. And that was just the story. You know, that's 15 possessions. Now, obviously, a team is not going to have zero offensive rebounds. It's going to happen whether the shot dings off far. And those type of rebounds you can't blame Illinois for not getting. But when they come straight down to the guy underneath the basket, 
when we're not actually going for it, we're trying to tip it, but they're going at it with both hands. That's what really, you know, hurts. And then the turnovers. Another thing that hurts Illinois. Houston only had nine turnovers. If you keep it under double digits, it's pretty good. Illinois had 17. So right here, you give them 15 extra possessions on offensive rebounds. Then you give them 17 extra possessions because we turn the ball over. See, we see, see the thing here? You see what's happening here? Okay. That's what, 32 extra possessions to give back to Houston? You can't afford to do that. You just can't afford to do that. So as a team overall, there was rebounding and turnovers. Houston took advantage of Illinois' turnovers. Now, when Illinois forced them into nine turnovers, we didn't execute well when we stole the ball. But when they stole the ball, it was fast breaks, layups. It was fast break, little floaters. We They executed on the steals and are against Illinois' turnovers, and we didn't. And again, shooting woes hurt Illinois. Now, Illinois shot 17 of 50. 34%. Three-pointer was 6 for 25. Now, Houston was 6 for 22. It's pretty even there. Illinois, 24%. Free throws were much better. 13 of 60. I guarantee they shot 400 free throws yesterday in practice. We were 81.3%. Kofi was 7 for 7 on free throws. He made that a point. Um, he led all Illinois scores with 19. Um, again, they out-rebounded us 39 to 33. So our shooting woes continued. Now, I will say this, up until the second half, because we gave up 30 in the first half again, and we gave up 38 in the second half. But I will say the first half going into the second half, Illinois' defense was actually not bad besides the defensive rebounding. That was really the only thing of their defense that we could complain about. But the reason why it seemed like they weren't playing good defense was because of the offensive woes. Offensive woes sometimes can outweigh the defensive woes. So I can't take away, I, I made that mistake watching them against Chattanooga. They actually played good defense, keeping them out of the lane, Closing out and everything else, um, getting a hand in the face, and you know keeping Chattanooga. I mean, only giving up thirty at half is not bad, but you hope when you only give up twenty-five to thirty that you're scoring thirty. You're scoring thirty-five. So our offensive woes just outweighed the defense for most of the game, and I understand it. But we have to sit here and you know let people know and pay attention. We did actually play decent defense. It was just the boxing out. And also that giving up the offensive rebounds really outweighs the the, the whole um, defense. Mm-hmm. So Illinois still played good defense up until, well, I think about 10 minutes into the, you know, 10 minutes in the second period. Just then it stopped. Houston was starting to drive in the lane because Illinois took pride, I think, in the Chattanooga game for keeping them from driving into the lane. Um, Chattanooga was starting to hit shots, and then they started to miss them when they started in their hand. But we allowed Houston to just drive in, get the little floater, and they'd make it. And I've never seen a team hit that many floaters driving in. So we started to give up the drive lane, and that's where the defense started to collapse. And then just turning the ball over again just really hurts us. Offensively, shooting woes continued. They just traveled over from the Chattanooga game. And it, was, it really transferred over from February. A point in February, shooting woes started to really hurt us. And so overall as a team, just shooting woes continued. And that's just what happens. You, you, we, we took good shots. We also took dumb shots. One thing outside of that as a team that really, I think, shocked some people was who got the playing time today? 
you saw a lot more freshmen playing than ever before. Um, in that first half, you saw Goody and Melendez playing a lot, playing a lot outside of others. And they did well in that first half. And then Brad Underwood said, okay, let's let's ride it out. When you look at the total minutes played for Illinois, Kofi led all again with 38 because they needed him in there to try to rebound. Um, he did get you eight. Um, Plummer, or excuse me, Frazier played the next at 37. Plummer played 31 minutes. Then off the bench, Goody played 19 minutes. Melendez played 20 minutes. Guess how many Curbelo played? 10 minutes. Grandison played 4 minutes. Your starter of in this game, Coleman Hawkins, played 19. Williams played 20. Brad under... So, a lot of people said, why is Hawkins on the bench? Why is, you know, Williams riding the bench a little bit, you know, and all that. Going back to the hurt feelings, Brad does not want... doesn't care if he hurts your feelings. He wants you to suck it up. And it's the NCAA tournament. It's not the regular season where... You can keep a guy out there that's struggling a little bit to see if he gets out of it. It's the NCAA tournament. It's all or nothing. And he's not there to, you know, care if your feelings are a little bit hurt because you're not playing as much. It's about the team. It's about the name on the front. That's why in this jersey, I love the jerseys. You know, it has Illinois Illini or Fighting Illini on it. It's about that. And so when you put in Goody, who it was doing, he was trying to get rebounds. He got you five. He hit a couple shots, got you six points. He was um, two of five from three. Melendez got you nine points. He was four or five of shooting. And he got a couple rebounds and some assists. He, Brad Underwood will stay out there with the guys that are playing hard. So Hawkins only got you three points. He, he hit that one three. And then there's times he was open again and never shot it again. And I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why he didn't. Now, the one player that stayed out there you know, longer than maybe I thought he would was Williams. Williams has struggled this year. He was one of a one of our best three-point shooters last year. Then this year hasn't quite been the same. Now there's games where you really watch. He's doing things on defense. He'll get you rebounds. Today he got you three rebounds. He had three fouls. He turned the ball over three times. Uh, Kofi turned it over three times as well. So he and Kofi had the leading turnovers with three. Times he, I think he stayed out there too long. Now, why wasn't Corbello out there? Well, he was 0-4 of shooting uh, and then only had one assist. He turned the ball over twice. Now, I know plus-minus the last game, Corbello was the guy when he was out there we were doing better. But, again, Brad's going to go with what's working. If there's a flow and in coaching there's an energy um, and he'll keep that out there. Keep it out there. And people were wondering why they were playing more. Why is Corbell not out there? And I get it. Maybe he should have been there for a spark. But Brad's just going to coach what was working. You know, it was a close game. It was back and forth. So that's why. But the freshmen stepped up. Some people thought the freshmen should have played more. But, I mean, 19 minutes and, and for Goody, uh, 20 minutes for Melendez. That's a lot. Um and they, they performed well. So it was just a shocker to kind of see Corbello. But you heard reporters talk about, um, you know, Corbello was being a leader. He's telling him, you know, let's, let's keep going um, and all that stuff. Um, Kofi struggled again with passing out of the double team. 
uh, Reggie Miller and the other announcers talked about it. When he gets double teamed, what are the other guys doing to help him, which I have preached all season that I've been able to do post games and talk about Illinois basketball. They showed on film where he's getting double teamed. What are you doing to help him? Some would cut to the basket, but he it's hard for him to see when he's getting double teamed. When you just stand there at the three-point line and stand there and go, give me the ball, give me the ball. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. That's not going to help. If he can't see you, he can't help you. So you've got to interchange. You've got to do something. One guy cuts, other two interchange. Something. You've got to get moving and get open. Get to the corner. Another guy come up and we can rotate the ball right back to him. Like There's things we can do. And we did it at times tonight. But then, especially in the second half, they really did a better job of double teaming. Did a really better job of that. Really better job of taking away the first cutter. What about the second cutter? What about the interchange? What about moving to get open for him? So some of those turnovers, yes, you put on to him. But what are you doing? And it was just a common theme this year when you really watch it. They weren't moving. They weren't doing those things. Um, so frustrating to see that as well. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the refs. Me and Coach West had a conversation on Twitter. And if Coach West listens to this, I wish he was on here so we could do it face-to-face, but he's got a kid. I guess a kid's more important, I guess. You know, it is what it is. Um, Again, his kid's name is awesome. Hopefully he'll tell us. I don't know if I could say it on here, but his kid's name is awesome. Hopefully he'll be a future player. Um, I wasn't blaming the refs for the game. I just wanted to complain about the one thing. Complain the one thing. And Coach Wush, if you're listening to this, I kind of typed it out on there, but I want to say in person. I was just complaining because, one, as a person, when you get frustrated, you look for a little thing to get fired up about, and that was my thing to get fired up about. I also just like to point out things, not consistently, but times the things that are stupid, and that call was just stupid. I was okay a little bit with the refing. I know it's hard to ref Kofi. I thought at times he got smacked and there was no ref, no foul call there. But that dunk by Melendez, we stole the ball, took off, he dunked it. He dunked it, swung as he was dunking it, swung back because if he swings like that and lets go, I mean, yes, maybe he could land on his feet. But as a player, while he was dunking and flung, he probably felt uncomfortable if he let go. Maybe there's someone behind him he's going to land on because he can't see. Uh, is he going to slip and crack his head open? He just flung back to let go. Then the And, I, and it took literally like 1.5 seconds. If they just hang there for like three seconds and they're looking like this and taunting, yeah, that's a technical foul. This ref was so quick to call a technical foul. And I know we have a ref shortage, but I'm going to say this anyway. Refs, I am really, really sorry that some people really, 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 really disrespect you. I am sorry that you deal with a lot of stuff. You have one of the hardest jobs in sports. I am really, really sorry that fans, you know, just say these things to you. I'm sorry that there are some specific coaches out there, a handful of coaches that say these horrible things to you. 
But quit making the game about yourself. Quit getting to a point where you go, hmm, I wonder if people still know that I'm refing this game. Let's let them know that I'm refing this game. And they make horrible calls and do this. I am all for horrible calls. As long as they're on both teams. And I've said that before as a coach. I'm all for it. I won't complain one bit if it's both sides. If fouls are consistently both sides, you won't hear a peep out of me. If I was Brad Underwood, I would have lost it. Lost it. I might have gotten another technical because I would have lost it. And if I'm Brad Underwood, I'm taking that play and sending it to NCAA and say, are you shitting me? This is stupid. That was my whole thing, Coach West, if you listen to this, was I'm not blaming that play for why we lost the game. We lost the game because, well, I didn't even talk about it. Our inbounding turnovers were killers. We have to lead the league in inbounding the ball and turning the ball over at that point. Those really hurt us. Defensive rebounds hurt us. Our offensive rebounds hurt us and the turnovers. Coach West and I, I think we agree on that. That's why we lost the game. We didn't lose the game because of refs. I didn't really have that much complaining about the refs. My whole point was, that, you know, and he he and I hopefully will agree, when, when a play like that happens, most of the time it's going to lead to, you know, a spark, a little run here. You know, get, get everybody pumped up. When you do that and you have that flow there, that real quick turnover, pass the ball down, dunk it, or lay up or anything, a shot, there's a flow. And the ref was like, well, I'm going to stop this flow and make it about me. I'm not saying that that spark, or even if there would have been a, a run, I'm not saying that, but you have the opportunity. That is what I was complaining about. And hopefully, Coach West, you can understand where I'm coming from. I completely understand that I that we're Coach West was coming from and that that were to not blame the refs for losing the game and I don't blame them it was just a whole bunch of other stuff but it was just that one moment where the ref had to make it about them and that's what I was complaining about it's hard to put on Twitter so hopefully coach West you understand and people that see it we weren't arguing at all at all we would have said those things here face to face on a podcast or zoom or whatever stream or whatever we would have said it face to face but here's but I want to say this real quick here's the difference though Right when we were done, we would have found common ground and moved on, and we would have been fine. We would have texted later and, and said something else. So that's the difference. But that point was horrible. Our bounding was terrible. Turned the ball over so many times. But that's what caused us the game, not the refs. So I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about that. But Illinois season is over. Very frustrating way to end it. But this is what happens when you have shooting woes. You don't box out. Inconsistent play from guys. Um, it doesn't help when Granderson got hurt a little while and lost a little bit of flow. You don't have one of your point guards in Corbello during most of the year during his injuries and times. Um, but at the end of the day, because this is recorded literally minutes after the game, uh, hopefully this will get up on YouTube at some point. I am fighting with them. We're in a fight. Um. So, it was frustrating to watch, but we we can't get rid of Brad Underwood, I think, unless he leaves on his own accord. We can't blame him if he leaves. It's just what happens. We got to keep Brad Underwood as long as possible. We have to buy into the recruiting. We have to buy into what he's doing. We are slowly turning a corner. We're turning a corner. To be competing for Big Ten titles, whether it's the tournament or regular season, uh, competing in the NCAA tournament, is what you want to see the program do consistently 
in basketball, you give coaches more time. You know, how many time, how many coaches have been at their school for years upon years, and they have these type of seasons consistently because they hope that eventually it's going to break out. You're going to get a championship, you know, compete for that. That's what we need. Illinois is showing a corner. We don't need to get rid of Brad Underwood. We can't sit here and think that we're this elite, 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 elite program that we have the right to say that about him. He's done a lot for Illinois. Um, Illinois overall, it's been a frustrating season as a fan because it was the time where we could complain about things because we were good. But overall, to be a regular season Big Ten champion, even if we do have to share it with Wisconsin, is a success. To have players like Trent Frazier who have stayed here for six years, five, six years, has been amazing. We thank him. We thank Kofi because he will probably move on. Uh, We thank Williams because he was part of that rebuilding and other players that I've probably missed. But they are turning a corner. They're getting experience. It's exposure for recruiting to get to that point. Other programs have had to do this to get to that point. So we're getting there. We are turning a corner, and I think Illinois will consistently compete for these things with Brad Underwood and the culture building and Josh Whitman being supportive of it, seeing this interconnection of the other sport coaches with each other. Um, just off the top of my head because I pay more attention to this um, with Brad Underwood and Bielma and them, that connection with Illinois. So hopefully it's starting to turn a corner for recruiting purposes too. Um, but we thank the seniors and people that will move on from this Illinois team. Uh, to get it to this point, um, recruits go to Illinois. Something special is being done there. Thank you, Coach Underwood, for the season. I know you're gonna get you're gonna take a day or, or a week or so with your family, and then you're gonna be right back to work. You're gonna take time and get right back to work. Um, already excited for to see what we're gonna have next year. Um, but it's, it was a fun season to watch. It is sad that it's over. Um, we're still gonna have great March Madness games. Um, but that's how we're gonna wrap up the show. Um, yes, I am bitter about some things, but at the end of the day, it was a great season to see them to get that far, um, especially all those years where we didn't even make a tournament or compete for a Big Ten championship, anything like that. Um, so, again, thanks, you guys. If you are watching it, because it will be eventually up on YouTube, just won't be right away. Um, but anyway, you could still like and subscribe to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Um, if you're listening to the podcast in audio form, it can be found, can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, please give it a five-star rating. Um, on Apple, you know, follow it, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, all that good stuff. Check out the affiliates in the description below, even though one of them got me in trouble with YouTube because YouTube wants to control the world. Um, but thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Um, thank you, Alani, for a great season. Thank you, Coach Underwood, also, and the coaches for a great season. Um, so this has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Last Alani post game of the season until we get into next season. Um, So thank you all again. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. This is Coach Steve. We will see you guys next time. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.